Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT here hanging out with you on a beautiful Thursday. And it is our final Thursday of the divisional breakdown to give you the information that you need to know about each and every single one of the 32 NFL franchises to get you ready for fantasy football. So Mike and I have proudly given you information and advice on 28 teams and our final four is today. The Green Bay Packers, the Detroit Lions, the Chicago Bears, and the Minnesota Vikings of the NFC North is happening right now. But before that happens, we have to give you that music that lets you know that we are inside of the fantasy football piece of the show. So let us bring you in with that right now, and we'll get started. The Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Power Hour is upon us right now here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora, and I'm honored to have Mike Sofka. This is our third year of doing this weekly, and even more so, every single year we seem to push the term. And by push the term, I mean we, we seem to be involved even more so. So a couple of years ago, we did the season. Last year, we did the season and a little bit more. This year, we're, we're not taking any time off for the most part because we know there's no offseason in fantasy football. Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com is where you go to get Mike Sofka's information as well as his packages and draft aid and aid throughout the season with your fantasy team. So you can go and check Mike out. He's in the Hall of Fame. He's in the Fantasy Football Hall of Fame, hence why... Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com is the place to go and the place to be. And of course, on Wake Up Call, you can go to the fantasy football page of WakeUpCallDT.com. Mike's got some rankings out. My rankings will be released shortly, and we will get you ready every single step of the way for your draft. Now, let's see what this says here. Oh, we do have a message for you, Mike, but before we do that, let's welcome Mike Sofka into the show. Mike, how are you doing today? Awesome. How are you doing? Doing very well. We have a message from one of our one of our fantasy football general man, one of our fantasy football team owners, and and that is Orange Avenger. The message that they sent is: When is Mike going to come visit the Wildcat for our draft up here in Syracuse? So I'll let you answer that, Mike. Well, it sounds like a sounds like a great thing. I appreciate the invitation. I don't know. I just have to check my dance card. I. I got a lot of drafts. I'm in a lot of leagues, and I'm helping a lot of people this year, and I'm already kind of booked up almost. But yeah, I, I appreciate the invitation. I'll have to, I'll have to try to pencil it. In. I'll have to squeeze that in somehow, some way. Yeah, well, you're always welcome up here, Mr. Safka. And I know that Mike and I will be together drafting right after the CNY Pop Festival. We'll be down in Florida making this draft happen, and I believe it's our—is it our eighth year or our ninth year? I don't know. I don't even count. I don't even count certain things anymore. I just assume they're going to happen all the time and keep going. You know, look yeah. forward to the next. One. I'm pretty confident this is year number nine because I was down in Florida in 2009. So we'll call this year number. We'll call it year number nine. Sounds good. So with Mike and I, as we as we've been doing every single week, we've been giving you 
each division and breaking down each division, spending ample time on each of the four teams inside of all the divisions from the AFC all the way through the East, West, North, and South, and the NFC East, West, and South. So today is the North to finish things off, and we'll get started with the Green Bay Packers, and we'll do what we always do. We'll go team by team, position by position, so that you can get your notebook out and be ready for this. So make sure that you are set and ready to go, as I know your draft is either happening very soon or coming up in the coming weeks here, so you need all this info. And by the way, you can go to the archive on wakeupcalldt.com, click on Show Archive, go to the Fantasy Football page, and or go to the TuneIn Radio app, the Podbean app, the iTunes app, or the RSS feed, or go directly to wakeupcalldt.podbean.com, and we're on Player FM and YouTube. So there's about 700 different ways that you can get involved with this show. No excuses on missing out on our fantasy advice. You can pick it up today. The AFC North, South, East, and West are all available, and the NFC North, South, East, and West will be available after today's broadcast. So with that being said, Mike, we'll start with the Packers. What do you think about the QB situation and that guy coming off injury that I believe is called Aaron Rodgers? You know, Aaron Rodgers is pretty much one of the elite quarterbacks in fantasy football. And, you know, if you've played for a few years, I don't have to tell you this. You already know it. If you're fortunate enough to draft Aaron Rodgers, you're going to be in a good position. But at the same time, you don't want to overpay for a quarterback. There's a lot of uh, first and second tier quarterbacks available. So, you know, if you get him, great. But, you know, I, I, I think he's going to have a fantastic year. I think there's some question marks early in the running game. I think there's some juggled up situations going on with the receivers, new tight end in the fold. But don't forget, Aaron Rodgers was injured last year, so his stats were abysmal. But, you know, that is what it is. And I think a guy like Aaron Rodgers is going to be driven. He was driven to try to help them make the playoffs when he was able to come back, and he just came up short. So I look for Aaron Rodgers to pull like a Tom Brady last year. Tom Brady was out for a couple games with the suspension, and he came back with a vengeance. He, he had something to prove, and I think Aaron Rodgers might have something to prove here. I like Aaron Rodgers a lot. I think he's a top three quarterback in fantasy this year. Yeah, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Last year I, I thought that I was a genius because I had Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees on the same fantasy team, and I was feeling pretty good about myself until Aaron Rodgers went down with an injury. So on a healthy season, you could call those the top – you could call Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees in the top three fantasy quarterback studs when it comes to the numbers. There, You can argue that Aaron Rodgers can be in that top three and that Drew Brees is in that top three from season to season if they stay healthy. So if you get one of them, be happy. If you get both of them, hope that they stay healthy. Maybe I can make it happen again this year since I didn't get to enjoy it for the full stretch of the year last year. I don't have to say much about this guy. Aaron Rodgers is phenomenal. If he's out there, you got to draft him. Don't overpay for him. Don't draft him too early. But, you know, somebody takes a quarterback in the second round. I don't know why. But right around the third round is where I feel like the quarterback should start to roll off the board, and that would be a good place to take him high. I think that people can argue him to be the number one quarterback that comes off the board because to a lot of people, he is that top-notch guy. I think Drew Brees, like I said, can argue that case. A lot of people take Tom Brady because you know he's going to be passing the ball a lot. So... It's whatever you fancy, but don't overpay. I agree with Mike. Don't go too high on these guys. Ty Montgomery, Montgomery, pardon me, Jamal Williams, Devontae Mays, who was drafted in the seventh round, 
2017. Joel Boagnan, free agent from the Chicago Bears. Aaron Jones is serving a two-game suspension, so he's also on here. So we got Montgomery, Williams, and Jones are really the players in this thing. They've tried Montgomery at wide receiver, at running back, at wide receiver, at running back, at wide receiver. (laughs) It just keeps going back and forth. And the funny thing is with some fantasy leagues, people were concerned that does he count as a running back or a wide receiver because it was affecting how they could put him into their rosters if they don't have flex positions or a few flex positions. And then Jamal Williams, the true running back, and Adam Jones kind of fighting him for that job. So what do you think about the backfield in Green Bay? Yeah, I think you're going to see a little bit of Ty Montgomery and Jamal Williams as a committee situation to start the year. And after those first two games, I think it's going to slowly be handed over to Aaron Jones. And he's just going to just, I don't think he's going to be handed anything. I should take that back. I think he's going to take it over. I like Aaron Jones. I think he's worth, you know, a pick. I think that this is a guy that I would count on as maybe my RB3 with RB2 upside. So I would, you know, cautiously draft him. But, you know, if you, if you feel, if you feel lucky, if you feel like gambling, you know, with the, with Aaron Rodgers there, they're going to complement each other. A great quarterback is always complimented by a great running attack and vice versa. They got a defense, decent offensive line there in Green Bay, you know, because they're going to do what they have to do to protect the franchise and Aaron Rodgers. So as a running back, you need to take, take heed in that. You need, you need to benefit from that. And that's what Aaron Jones is going to do. I, I like Aaron Jones as a, again, an RB3 with RB2 upside. I think Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery are worth a flyer. If something happens to Aaron Jones, it's going to be Jamal Williams, all probability. They're going to try to shift Ty Montgomery back into like a hybrid type situation where he's in the slot and he plays like the Julian Edelman role, does some jet sweeps, things of that nature. Ty Montgomery having the running back background as well as the receiver background. This bodes well for Green Bay. You know, I, I think a lot of people fantasy-wise may have been frustrated by it at times, but that's great for a team to have a guy that can play multiple positions. It's it's a wonderful problem to have, and I think I think Green Bay is very fortunate to have that problem. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I do think for the first time in a long time that the Green Bay Packers have – have multiple pieces at running back. You know, they, they've had the Dorsey Levins in the past. They had Eddie Lacy when Eddie Lacy was doing some good things. So they have had some positive moments, but it's also been, you know, some trying times for them. And where they stand right now, I think, like, like you said, Mike, I, I think that they have some depth finally. They have some options at running back. And they have some help for Aaron Rodgers as he gets older in the game. And, and obviously you want to preserve him and have him as long as you can. So Montgomery, I look at him as like a mid-rounder type of guy. I think Jamal Williams or Aaron Jones, you could pick up one of these guys probably in like, I don't know, 6th, 7th, 8th round, something like that. We draft 18 rounds, so our middle is is right at 9 so uh, I could see Ty Montgomery floating away there. But Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones, those are guys to look to. They've had some good games, but what I would like to see, and you think Aaron Jones is going to take over, and and whatever ends up happening with this, the guy that ends up getting the rock the majority of the time, that's who you got to lean on. I would imagine that, that bringing in Aaron Jones and bringing in Jamal Williams, who they drafted both in 2017, Jamal in the fourth round, Aaron in the fifth round, that we're at a point right now where they would like one of these guys to step up and they should start to lean on one of them because Ty Montgomery is uh, Ty Montgomery is is a muscular machine okay he's a big guy he's a strong guy 
and he wants to play running back, but he's got the height to play wide receiver. So he automatically can be a flex guy for you in every stretch of the imagination. But with Jamal and Aaron, I still think you're kind of rolling the dice a little bit to see what happens. Know that Aaron won't be there for two weeks. If you want a handcuff and you got the space to do so, maybe not a bad option to do it. But there's a ton of running backs out there that are going to be starters. The only thing that makes me a little bit wary of this is that these three guys, they still haven't figured out who's going to be the guy. But if used properly and we start to see somebody come out of this thing and Ty Montgomery can be that change of pace, kind of do what you need him to do, once we see Jamal or Aaron step forward, Ty can kind of jump into that and then we'll kind of know where we're at. And then I think the Packers might be well served to trade one of them away. Speaking of Jamal or Aaron, whoever doesn't get the job. So I like that there's an upside to these guys. I'm also wary of the fact that you may not get that starter type of feel for a little while. Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, Geronimo Allison, one of my favorite names in the league right now, Jamon Moore, Trevor Davis, Michael Clark, yada, 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 yada. And one of my other favorite names, Equinemius St. Brown, who came from Notre Dame, who I covered at Notre Dame, drafted in the sixth round this year. So what do you think about the receivers and the fact that Devontae Adams is finally the number one guy, or in my opinion, should be the number one guy? No, he is the number one guy. There's no doubt about that. You know, I think that this should be uh, looked at as Geronimo Allison's coming out party year. I think there's going to be pressure on Devontae Adams for to produce number one numbers. I'm not sure he's going to be able to be consistent enough to do that. So I think he's a wide receiver one slash two on my roster. But, you know, Randall Cobb is a touchdown machine ever since his days back at Kentucky. He could play just about any position from quarterback to running back to wide receiver. Just get the guy the ball in space. So you're going to see a lot of him in the slot as usual. Geronimo Allison should be on the outside, the other side at Devontae Adams. And I think Geronimo Allison is going to be up against the number twos more than likely as far as the second best cornerback on the other team. So I think he may be at the point where he can rise above the your number two cornerback. So I think Geronimo Allison's a good gamble. I like him as a wide receiver five with solid wide receiver four upside. I think that Devontae Adams, again, I wouldn't pay too much for him, but again, he has some upside as well. Look, anytime you have Aaron Rodgers throwing you the ball, you're going to have some opportunities. So, you know, even if it's a guy like your boy St. Brown, Equanimous St. Brown, you know, he's a project guy, but you know, we saw Geronimo Allison come up big a couple times. You know, they're they're going to slowly bring these guys along. Again, generally, it takes a wide receiver three years to really start producing. And I think that's where Devontae Adams is on his learning curve. You know, they got rid of a high salary in Jordy Nelson. He had some injuries as of late. So, you know, I think that was more of a business move. I'm not sure Aaron Rodgers agreed with that. But, again, it's not up for the quarterback to agree with. It's a, you know, it's a business first. So I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be fine no matter who's on the other end of the ball. But, again, to recap, Devontae Adams, solid wide receiver two, wide receiver one upside. Randall Cobb I like as a flex guy. I think they're going to get him the ball in space. And Geronimo Allison's a wide receiver four or five, really a five, has upside for four. Yeah, you know, when I when I look at this and, and I say, I mean, Devontae Adams, he, 
he had number one numbers when he was a number two behind Jordy Nelson the last couple seasons. He's been able to put up big time numbers, and I know that in the two thousand or the two thousand sixteen seventeen season, he put up numbers. He had more than ten touchdowns receiving. The amount of the amount of numbers he put up, I think it was around a thousand receiving yards and over ten touchdowns. What he did in that season looked like what a number one wide receiver would give you. And it was beautiful. Now he has that green light in the open door to do this. Randall Cobb, I would figure at this point, might be retired. But because he's had injury, ironically, it's kind of extended his career a little bit. So Randall Cobb's got some life here at this point in his career, which I think is great. And there could be somewhat of a resurgence of Randall Cobb. Geronimo Allison, though, he's ripe for the taking. He's got an opportunity here to maybe pass Randall Cobb, do some things on the outside, create some stuff. So Geronimo is a late pick for you. It's something that you could throw in there in round number 14 or whatever it may be. Randall Cobb, somebody's going to take him probably too early. I wouldn't take him before like round seven or so. But Devontae Adams, this is a guy that I would look to early and often. Whatever, However many drafts you're in, this is a guy that, that I have been able to lean on. And when he is healthy, and again, it's the same thing with Aaron Rodgers. When he's healthy, he's great. When he's not healthy and he's off the field, that's the only time that I'm concerned. But when they're on the field and they're playing, they are relevant, and that's what's important. So you want them to stay healthy, obviously, but there are people that are totally healthy that are irrelevant in fantasy more often than not, or half and half, and Devontae Adams is not that guy. Seven out of eight times I put him out on the field, he's going to come through for me. And that is what you need in fantasy. So I think Devontae might still be a little bit under the radar, but not in my book. Jimmy Graham is with the Green Bay Packers. Jimmy Graham, who they said maybe would return to the Saints and maybe have some fun in a reunion with Drew Brees. It didn't happen. And now he gets Aaron Rodgers. So he gets to play with two of the best fantasy quarterbacks of all time and two of the best quarter two of the best fantasy current quarterbacks, I should say. Shouldn't say of all time. Two of the best fantasy quarterbacks now and two of the best current active quarterbacks in reality. Jimmy Graham's on the team. My guy, and this pains me to say it, Mercedes Lewis. It pains me because selfishly, I've been covering him for the last 10 years in Jacksonville, but I'm happy for him that he got a job. Lance Kendricks is our, is uh, is here as well. So Kendricks was supposed to be the number one guy for the Rams. That didn't happen. Mercedes is supposed to be the guy in Jacksonville. They let him go. And Jimmy Graham was supposed to go to Seattle and do what he did in New Orleans, and that didn't happen. So we got a bunch of guys that used to be number ones. What are your thoughts? I like Jimmy Graham a lot. I think if you're in a touchdown-only league, Jimmy Graham's a good tight end to have. I think he's going to be the red zone target, large hands, uh, knows how to break away in the red zone, knows how to scramble when the play breaks down. And, you know, I also like Mercedes Lewis. If you look around the league, what's been the trend the past couple years is to have two guys that can play tight end, and then when you get both those guys on the field at the same time, it creates tremendous mismatches. We're going to see that throughout the league, and more so – that we got these RPOs, these run-pass options where you're going to look like a pass, but then you've been running the ball, and then the quarterback fakes the handoff. You're going to see a lot more RPO this year. You're going to see a lot more of that, and that's going to play into the hands of the teams that can run the ball effectively because that's going to open up the passing game again. That's what the RPO does. So the bottom line is I like Jimmy Graham. I think you could do better as a num- as a tight end one in a touchdown league, he is a tight end one, touchdown-only league. But in a combo league, like most leagues are with standard scoring, even if it's not PPR, he's probably a tight end two with tight end one upside. 
and the Mercedes Lewis, that's a stretch for you, but I wouldn't be surprised, and there may be times where he might pay off in daily fantasy. Mercedes Lewis is going to be an affordable option for you. So, yeah, Jimmy Graham's a good guy to have. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he's he's got he's to be licking his chops. He's got to be ready. You know, I, I mean, he's got three guys in Kendrick, Graham, and Lewis that can plug and play, but, you know, Graham is... Graham's the guy above them all. And look out for them to continue to line Graham up in special situations. Remember, when he was in New Orleans a few years back, he lined up at wide receiver roles more so. He lined up split out more so than he was a tight end. And that's what led to those sticky contract negotiations back then. So Jimmy Graham, a dynamic guy, and I like all three of those guys. Yeah, you know, I think for me, because they have Aaron Rodgers and they have this opportunity, I'm hoping for, I mean, Mercedes Lewis kind of had a resurgence. You know, what he did when he was playing up against Baltimore in London, I mean, the man was a touchdown machine out there. So I think Mercedes is definitely worth it. I think that he still has some some life left in the game by every stretch of the imagination. I like what Mercedes Lewis can do. I, I don't think that his body is gone by any, you know, I, I, think, I think that this man could play a couple seasons. And he was on a three-year contract with the Jaguars that I thought was his farewell contract. I thought it was the, hey, here's a three-year contract. We love you. And when all's said and done, you're going to retire a Jaguar. And he might end up doing that with a one-day contract anyways at the end of all things. But I thought he was going to stay in Jacksonville. So I was very surprised by this. I think that Green Bay gets a serviceable backup. I think that Lance Kendricks could do some things, you know, depending on how Aaron's going to utilize it. I think Aaron's got a lot of weapons. You know, we talk about him losing this and losing that and losing this and losing that. No more Jordy and yada, yada, yada. But he's got, a, he's got a running back core that one of those three guys should be able to come out of it doing some good things. He's got Devontae Adams on one side. He's got Geronimo Allison, who's young, who could be somebody. He's got Randall Cobb's resurgence. And he's got three tight ends that used to be number ones. He's got a ton of weapons, maybe more weapons than he's ever had if they all do what they're supposed to do. And, you know, Jimmy Graham. So I think Jimmy's worth the pickup. But in all honesty... If you're drafting and you don't get Jimmy Graham or you don't get Mercedes, you could get Kendricks. Or if you get Mercedes, you don't get the other guys. I think that when it comes down to it, you could argue putting any one of those guys on your team. And it's slim pickings for tight ends sometimes. And there's teams that won't put one tight end out there that I think is fantasy draftable. They won't put one guy in the front that I feel good about. And in the case of Green Bay, they have two maybe three. Moving on to the Minnesota Vikings, Skull Vikings, as people like to say. Kirk Cousins is the starting quarterback on a team that almost got to play a Super Bowl at home, but that was with Case Keenum. Now they have Kirk Cousins. The irony is Case Keenum goes to Denver. Trevor Simeon comes from Denver to join Kirk Cousins on the Minnesota Vikings. Thoughts on the quarterback? I think Kirk Cousins did a pretty good job. I I, I like Kirk Cousins' think. Since he came out, I, I thought it was very savvy what Washington did when they took RG3 and then in the fourth round they came back and took Cousins because there was a value there. There was value for him there. It looked like it was top-heavy quarterback, but I remember Kirk Cousins at Michigan State. and He was a good player. He still is a good player. He can distribute the ball, and he's got some good weapons around him. He's going to have Dalvin Cook back. You know, Some of the receivers are highly capable, both Thielen and Diggs, after their performances last year. Could be the number one on a lot of other teams, 
but you know, you look at you look at what Dillon does. You look at what Diggs does. You look at Kyle Rudolph, the tight end, the big-handed guy out of Notre Dame, the guy that can get the ball in the end zone, can break loose from somebody in the red zone. You know, I, I like what Kirk Cousins has, and he has Trevor Simeon backing him up. And you know, people say, "Oh, big deal, Trevor Simeon. He's nothing." No, he is something. This is a guy of seventh round. He's from Orlando over here. I got personal stories about this guy out of Olympia High School that would blow your mind in a good way. But maybe that's for another date. But the bottom line is still the bottom line. He's a serviceable quarterback, so he's a serviceable backup. So if something happens to Kirk Cousins. Kind of like what Minnesota experienced with Teddy Bridgewater. I think they got a, a justifiable, solid number two quarterback. And that's always the most popular guy on the team. And that's your insurance card. But Kirk Cousins is going to do the right thing. You know, he's, he's, he's got players around him. So I think he's going to continue to thrive in this system in Minnesota. Yeah, you know, it's funny about Minnesota because Minnesota had Teddy Bridgewater as a starter, then Sam Bradford as a starter, and their third stringer was Case Keenum, who led them all the way to a beautiful ending of the game with Stephon Diggs that got them with a chance to get into the Super Bowl, and ultimately they didn't get there. They got beat by Philadelphia, who ended up winning the whole thing, but they were in the final four with Case Keenum. So don't underestimate the backup or the backup to the backup. Who is Kyle Sloter this time around? Free agent from Denver as well. Look at that. So two Denver guys coming to Minnesota to join Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins finally has a contract. And he's finally not a franchise tag because Washington couldn't figure out that he was the best quarterback they've had in a long time. And I feel like Washington can't figure out a lot of things. Because they do have talent. It's just getting that talent to come together to win some games and have that central message. Well, Kirk Cousins has a chance to show what he can do. He's got a contract, he's got some stability stability in his job, and he's on a team that's got a good defense and good weapons. So, there's a lot of expectation because Case Keenum brought him all the way there. And the expectation is that Kirk Cousins, if they don't have Case now, is going to bring them all the way to where Case did and then go over the hump. So, he's stepping into a big, 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 situation when it comes to what the Vikings fans are expecting of him. If he's a step up from Case, they're thinking Super Bowl. He's got to carry it through. I like Kirk Cousins. He could be a starter on your team. He's definitely worth being a backup on my team, in my opinion. Delvin Cook, Latavius Murray, and Mac Brown. Mac Brown coming from Washington where they barely used him. He's a Florida Gator. Latavius Murray, he's a Central New Yorker who New Yorker who played in, in Central Florida, ironically. So, I'm born and raised in Central New York, Mike Sofka, Central Florida. So Latavius Murray is kind of like if you put Mike and I together, the the Onondaga County guy who went down to Orlando. It it fits that that's Latavius Murray should be somebody that Mike and I fight over in the draft. And then Delvin Cook coming from Florida State. So your thoughts on the all Florida backfield of the Minnesota Vikings? You know, this is what I like about living in the Sunshine State. You know, and you could say the same thing if you live in California or Texas or Pennsylvania even. These are the big football powerhouse states in the country as far as high school ball and even as far as college ball because of the high school ball. You know, there's guys that are playing high school ball that could be starting in other areas of the country for their local colleges. That's how good the high school ball is here. And, and, and you know, I can't say enough about having the opportunity to see these guys before anyone else, whether it be high school, whether it be college. Latavius Murray lit it up at UCF, and 
you know, I knew he was going to come out to be the guy in Oakland. He did for a little bit, but then they, they came out of favor with each other, and that's okay. It's a business, and he moved on. And then it looked like he was going to be the guy, and Dalvin Cook fell into their hands in the draft. And how can you argue the talent this guy has? He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. He's explosive. He can run the ball between the tackles. He's even better when he gets the ball in space. Florida State is no joke when you're a guy like that coming out of Florida State. So I think that this is a tremendous opportunity, especially with the down year that Dalvin Cook had last year due to the injury early on. I believe it was week three. This is a guy who some people took chances on last year, and they're going to have some bitter taste. And it's not because anything Dalvin Cook did. He got injured. It happens. So I look for Dalvin Cook to be a solid running back one who you may be able to steal as a running back two, i.e., you can probably, if he's there in the second round and it's your turn, take Dalvin Cook. Do yourself a favor. You'll be paid off later. There's a couple other guys I, I'd like to pick ahead of him, but he, he, he could end up being a top five back, especially in a PPR league. Latavius Murray, he's a great backup to have. He's a great handcuff. But, you know, I wouldn't overinvest in a handcuff. I'd look elsewhere. But you know what? Latavius Murray is going to continue to get the ball. They're going to keep him in the game just in case something happens. Or maybe they're going to use Dalvin Cook back in. I haven't seen a lot from Dalvin Cook yet, but they say he looks faster and more explosive than he did even before the injury. So I find that hard to believe. So, yeah, I, I think you could be solid in drafting either one of those guys. Just don't overpay for either one of them. But... Dalvin Cook, even if he did mess up and overpay, he's going to pay off. He, he he's he's got top five back written all over. Yeah, and in and, and, and all honesty, you know, Delvin Cook is another guy that if he had stayed healthy, look at what he could have done for people, you know, could have vied for Rookie of the Year. So I like Delvin Cook and Latavius Murray. I would like to think that Latavius can get back on things here. He had some good moments in, in Oakland, but ultimately it didn't work out. I feel like Oakland struggles with their running backs, and, and maybe that's what John Gruden's going to change since he's an old-school, smacky-in-the-mouth type of guy. But Delvin Cook, when it comes to Minnesota and Latavius Murray, I like what's going on here. I like the opportunity that we have here with these two guys. I definitely am drafting Delvin Cook if I get the opportunity. It's going to be early on. Within the first three rounds, he's going. Latavius Murray might squeak out of the bottom of the third or top of the fourth round, depending on how many teams you have in your league. But both of these guys, I think, are draftable. I want to believe that Latavius Murray has something in the gas tank because I got to cover him at UCF when he was there. I actually got to cover him in his last game when he was there when they were playing in the Conference USA Championship, which is crazy with George O'Leary as the head coach. So I'm excited about the resurgence of Latavius and Delvin Cook to me. He he could be one of the – if he does what he's capable of doing, because granted I covered him at Florida State as well, so if if he becomes what I believe he can become, he could be one of the elite running backs in the NFL if he stays healthy and takes care of business. So I'm excited. Again, it's a different quarterback. It's Kirk Cousins. How often is he going to hand off the ball? What's he going to do? This, that, and the other. But you would you would think that what Delvin Cook started to do last season has made fans very excited and made the coaching staff very excited to get that weapon back. So I like Delvin in this thing, and I like Latavius as well. Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, Kendall Wright, and Laquan Treadwell. What do you think about the receivers? I know you brought up Thielen and Diggs. I think that's easy. Is there more value outside of that with Kendall Wright or Laquan Treadwell? 
You know, I you know I don't think so. I think uh, Thielen and and Diggs are a one and a one A on that team. I don't think one considers themselves above the other. But if you had to rank one above the other, I would guess you would go with Thielen. But some people say Diggs. You know, they did just give Diggs some more money here, and you know they locked him up. You know, Thielen came out of nowhere for a lot of people. Luckily, he was on my radar, and you know one of the reasons why was. You know, at the time, he was scheduled to return kicks as well. So, you know, I, I play in leagues that reward you for return points. And, and that was something I really looked at. And he ended up being a top 10 wide receiver. So either one of those guys, you can't go wrong if they're a wide receiver one for you. But I would feel really comfortable if they were my wide receiver twos. Those are some solid guys right there. Laquan Treadwell, I think if he was going to do something, it would have shown up by now. I got to see something in the preseason. A guy I want you to keep your eye on, and a guy that I think might make the team long shot, undrafted guy uh, from the area there, Jake Wanneke. And I'm not even sure if I'm saying his name right. It's W-I-E-N-E-K-E. But the more I look at tape of this guy, the more I look at, at, at stats on this guy, and the more I look at what he's physically capable of doing, this guy could be a freak of nature in the red zone as a receiver. So watch out for his career. If you're in a dynasty league, that might be a guy to take a chance on. But again, it's it's Thielen and Diggs, Diggs and Thielen, however you want to cut it up, 1-1A. One one those are the two guys. Those are the guys you want. Yeah, you know, Thielen and Diggs, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this because it, it is the truth. You know, Thielen and Diggs, either one of them is good stuff. Thielen steps up and has done some pretty amazing things. Diggs stepped up and did some things toward later on in the season and whatnot that make you happy as well. I like them both. Uh, I'm not looking at Kendall Wright and Laquan Treadwell. Uh, Laquan was a first-round pick in 2016 out of Old Miss, so he's got to figure it out because right now he's third or fourth on the depth chart, and they're going to need some help from him, and he's a first-round pick, so you want that. to I mean, every pick should mean something, but a first-rounder, that's a lot of money, and that's a high pick to spend on somebody who doesn't pan out. So you are rolling the dice a little bit, but at the same time, you got to hope that he's going to come through with something. But Diggs and Thielen... These are the guys. They're going to get drafted. They're going to get picked up. It's just whether or not you're going to get to them. So plain and simple, they're weapons. They're good. You got good running backs in the backfield. You got Kirk Cousins and the expectations high. So you hope that things are going to work out. But every quarterback has their guy. Remember that. I tell you all the time. I hope you're listening. Every quarterback has their guy. So I want to see how Cousins works with Thielen and Diggs and if he can give to both or if he leans on one of them more than the other. Kyle Rudolph is, has, I mean, this has been their tight end for forever and a day, it feels like, back in 2011 out of Notre Dame. I like him. I think he's draftable. I'll make it quick here, Mike, because for me, it's easy. What do you think about Kyle? I think he's a top seven tight end. I think he's got tremendous red zone. So if you're in a touchdown only league, that's the guy you want. But he can put up some yards as well, large hands. Look for him for those, uh, you know, corner post routes. Look for him to scramble, you know, when something breaks down in a red zone. He'll be one of the big targets out of, out of the end zone. And I think that Kirk Cousins would be wise to sure he's hooked up. And, I, you know, I don't have to tell him that he's a professional quarterback. I'm, you know, getting paid all that money. You know, he has a pretty good completion percentage rate. He has a pretty good way of advancing the ball, keeping things moving. And that's what you want your quarterback to do. So they're going to be in tune with your tight end. So he's definitely a tight end one. He's not an elite tight end one, but he's not too far. He's a very good one, top seven tight end. 
Yeah, like I said, I'm going to make it easy. Kyle Rudolph, draftable guy. I don't think he's the top tight end in the country, but I definitely think that he's worth putting on there. And if you miss out on somebody that maybe you want a little bit more and you end up with Kyle Rudolph, that's not a bad situation to be in. We'll take a step aside for a fast break. We'll come back to wrap up the NFC North. We have the Lions and the Bears. Oh, my. Coming up next. This is a wake-up call. Fast break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Pendant Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is pen and trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcall. DT was just talking with Mike about this off the air. Him and I get to draft together every year, which is awesome. And, uh, and, and obviously sometimes it's hard to get everybody together and get on site and whatnot, but we're doing that. So the CNY pop festival is this Sunday, this coming Sunday, August 12th, not this one, but the next one. So August 12th, 10 AM to 7 PM, buy your tickets at cnypopfestival.com. You don't want to miss it. And I'm so, so, so excited about this. But I said in the back of my mind, I'm drafting with my Florida peeps after that. So I'm, I'm, I was just saying to Mike, I'm off the air about this. I am a child because we're, we tell you all this information, we share it with you, but you got to think about this folks. Mike and I spent a lot of time on the NFL, pretty much talk about it daily and are constantly ear to the ground thinking about things. And fantasy football for us is like a, is like a play date with a bunch of your friends. 
And so for me, I'm stoked about the CNY Pop Festival, obviously. And then I told Mike off the air, I'm like, listen, dude. I'm like, hey, I get to go see all my Florida people the week after. We're going to be drafting and hanging out. This is going to be awesome. So, you know, Mike, we have a good time. And I think, you know, Mike, we'll, in our, in our 80s, 90s, we'll still be big kids because we'll be able to draft together. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's my favorite time of year. It's almost like Christmas every morning for me, draft season here. You know, I get up, I can't sleep, I, I get up, I'm, I'm thinking about stuff, I'm thinking about football, I can't wait. To, you know, tonight's the Hall of Fame game, and I'm really excited about all this stuff. Football is back, it's a good time to be alive. It's, it's so awesome. So, Mike and I get to be children every day, and it's good. Adults and children, big kids. So, we're here talking about the NFC North. And we've already covered the Vikings as well as the Green Bay Packers. So now we're moving on to Dub Bears. And we're starting off here with with Mitchell Trubisky, who I covered at North Carolina. Mitch Trubisky drafted in the first round, second overall. They traded up one spot to get him out of North Kakalaki. And behind him is Chase Daniel, the perennial backup. And Tyler Bray, who's also a backup. And here's some irony. Chase Daniel and Tyler Bray both played for Kansas City at some point in their careers. So... What do you think about the fact that this is the Mitchell Trubisky show? There's no Jay Cutler or anybody standing in front of him. It's Trubisk or bust at this point. I like it a lot. The more I see him, the more I like him. So it it really shows me. I had my doubts when they picked him. And then as I started to watch him, I saw some of the things that, that make him have the tools of a professional quarterback, a thing of maintaining control, not getting, uh, not overreacting, not getting frustrated, able to break out of the pocket. Not the fastest guy, but he's able to step up into the pocket. The NFL likes. They like guys who can move in the pocket, yet can step up into the pocket and big enough to take a hit. He's a big guy. He's got a strong arm, and he's got an excellent running attack. He's got, I, you know, I think uh, it's do or die with the quarterback to, to wide receivers this year, but the addition of Trey Burton at tight end, which I consider him to be a wide receiver in all reality, you know, they, I think he, Mitch Trubisky is going to have a solid year. Not an elite quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. I wouldn't classify Trubisky as a top 10 quarterback, so he's not my quarterback one, but maybe as a backup quarterback, and maybe he'll surprise you and do something good for you with your starters by week. Well, here's the thing, and and Mike brought it up here. There are a lot of weapons. There are a lot of weapons on the Chicago team now. They spent some dough. They got some bread out there in the game. So Jordan Howard, he's back. Tariq Cohen is back. Those two guys got to figure things out in the backfield. We'll talk about that in a minute. But Allen Robinson, former number one at Jacksonville, he's back coming off of his ACL injury, and God bless him, and I hope he'll be okay. And Stay okay by the good grace of God because I appreciate them and never want to see somebody get hurt on you know with any sport, Taylor or anywhere. Taylor Gabriel coming over from the Atlanta Falcons where things didn't work out on him being a potential number two to Julio Jones. Kevin White was drafted in the first round, seventh overall back in 2015 and has not had a healthy season yet out of West Virginia, hoping that he will now. Anthony Miller, who I covered at Memphis, Drafted in the second round, 51st overall, which I think is a steal because he could have been a first-rounder. They have Benny Fowler, who came from Denver, who filled in for some of the guys when they got hurt, which was good stuff. Josh Bellamy's back on. He, he's on the team now, came on waivers in 2014 out of Louisville. So there there is some depth here at wide receiver for Mitch Trubisky and at running back, and we'll discuss that 
at length in, in just a second here. But if for nothing else, I'd get Mitch as a backup. If I'm having two quarterbacks, three quarterbacks, he's got weapons, folks. And Mitch Trubisky, if you know Mitch, go back and read Mitch's story. Because Mitch had to stand behind Marquise Williams at North Carolina and wait his turn. And wait and wait and wait. And Larry Fedora called him the consummate professional, a guy who had patience, a guy who knew when his turn come, he was going to take it and do what he needed to do. When he was asked to fill in, he filled in. And when he was finally the starter, he went out there and gave it all, gave it what he could and did what he could. I think that Mitch Trubisky is a nice young quarterback to put on your roster as a backup to have him hanging out there because if he does and when he does surprise you, you could say that you drafted him and you were smart and you did it because you listened to Wake Up Call to Mike Sofka and Dan Tortora. Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen, running back situation. Sometimes it worked, Mike. Sometimes it was awful. What do you think about it now? Yeah, I think that both of these guys are tremendous athletes. I think that uh, Jordan Howard's more the between the tackles, ground and pound guy. Dre Cohen more the scat back type, more the throw him the ball in space, put him in the slot, throw him screens. You know, but I, I think they're going to make more of an effort to get the ball to Jordan Howard this year. You know, I, I've I've heard the coaches in in Chicago say as much that they're going to try to get Jordan Howard more touches. So that bodes well for you. When you know that's the game plan every week, they're very conscious about that. That makes me feel good about Jordan Howard being a running back one, not an elite running back one, but on the back end of being a running back one. Tariq Cohen can be a a, a, a running back two or three for you if you're in a PPR league, more on the two side. Tariq Cohen's going to catch the ball. He's going to get his share of touches. And if anything should happen to Jordan Howard, they're going to go to that situation more so Tariq Cohen and then Benny Cunningham coming in and, and helping out as well. But, you know, Jordan Howard is where the money is at. That's where the value is at for Chicago. Yeah, you know, for me, Jordan, Tariq Cohen, I mean, he was the guy that I thought maybe he'll be this, maybe he'll be that, maybe he'll help out here, there, and whatnot. But ultimately, it was up and down around the corner. There were there were weeks where he had one yard. There were weeks where he took care of business. I still am wary of drafting either one of them, but if I had to lean, I agree with Mike, I would lean on Jordan Howard because Tariq was more inconsistent than Jordan was, and Jordan can catch the ball out of the backfield and do some cool things. So Tariq is not undraftable, but he should drop down. Now, I don't I don't think he necessarily will. I think people are going to draft him too early, but I would let him fall a little bit. If I miss him, I miss him. Jordan Howard, I'd put him on my team. He's not my number one, but he could be somebody on the team. I, both, I think they're both talented. I think they're both capable. If the Bears can figure out how to utilize them both and make sure they both get touches, both get carries, both get opportunities in this game, then we could be looking at something pretty special here under Matt Nagy, who was hired January 2018. So this is his first go-around with the squad as their head coach. So hopefully he can figure out a way to utilize Howard and Cohen at the same time, and and Mark Helfrich can, can do this, can figure this out as the offensive coordinator of the team because it would be a sin for me to see these two guys not be utilized and have wasted talent. I think they're both draftable. If they're both used correctly, I would lean on Jordan Howard more than Tariq Cohen right now in this moment. Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, Kevin White, and Anthony Miller, Josh Bellamy, Benny Fowler. I'm excited about these guys. I'm excited about the wide receiver situation. And and like I said, they spent money. They put some stuff out there. They're not doing the definition of insanity, which is putting Kevin White out there again, expecting a different outcome. They went and got Allen. They went and got Taylor. They went and got Anthony Miller. What do you think about this? 
Well, you're right with the Kevin White thing. He's been injured the whole time, and the only guy that was injured more than him, I think, having the same expectations, was the guy from the year before in Cameron Meredith, and, and, and he's gone now as well. So I think that, you know, Kevin White, he could be the difference. He could show up, and if he does, because he's had his time, he, he the mental part of the game is a lot of it, and the second part is staying healthy, and he just couldn't stay healthy. So maybe his mental game is there. Maybe he's had the opportunity to work, and maybe he'll continue to work and grow. Maybe they saw value. That's why he's still there. But think about this. Allen Robinson coming over from Jacksonville immediately steps in the number one role like he had in Jacksonville. But how good did Jacksonville have it? They had another number one on another team, and Alan Hearns is now the number one in Dallas. Now, mind you, both these teams have mediocre to bottom-end receiving cores, but there's a lot of opportunity here, and there's a lot of talent and speed. And you look at a guy like Anthony Miller, who I had the pleasure of seeing live. I've been able to go see some UCF games, so I've been able to see them play Memphis. I've been able to see them play Maryland and these other teams. And, you know, he, he, he went up against Mike Hughes who was a top draft pick defensive back at a UCF. So these guys are already playing up against that level of talent. I look for Anthony Miller to make somewhat of an impact this year, but temper your expectations. He is a rookie. So I think Allen Robinson is a number one wide receiver. I think he's a bottom end number one wide receiver. And I think they have a great running game there in Chicago. And that's going to bode well for him because you have to have that balanced attack. Look for Allen Robinson to be a bottom end wide receiver one. If you're in a dynasty league, no harm in getting going after Anthony Miller. And if you want to take a chance at a wide receiver five, look for Kevin White. Yeah, you know, uh, Kevin White for me, and like you said, wide receiver five. I mean, it's it's low on the list. It's a guy that you kind of pick up. You don't expect anything out of. If you get something great, if you don't, that's cool. It's kind of like when you're buying stock and you're like, I don't know what this company is, but I roll the dice on one company every once in a while, so I'm going to throw my dice on on this one. It's kind of how it feels like. So, you know, Allen Robinson, is he my number one guy? No, he's not. I think Anthony Miller could be something to this team. Taylor Gabriel. This is the thing. Allen Robinson's automatically the number one in Chicago because Chicago didn't have a number one. Because their number one was Cameron Meredith. And so is Allen going to do some stuff? Yes. Would I put him on my team? Potentially. Am I going to draft him high? No. I mean, I'm letting you know my honesty here. I'm not picking him high. Taylor Gabriel, I might take a look at. None of these guys, like, I think for Chicago, this is the best depth they've had in maybe a decade, But at this, if it all does what it's supposed to do. But at the same time, do I feel that, yes, this guy is going to be every single week for you? No, I mean, Allen Robinson's coming off of a torn ACL. If he wasn't coming off of a torn ACL and he was here in Chicago, I'd be like, dude, draft him. Draft him early. Get him in there. First few rounds, get him, you know, four through six. You could probably get away with getting him there. So... Uh, it's it's just coming off of injury and how he's going to react because everybody reacts different. And I hope that he reacts well. Anthony Miller, love this kid out of Memphis. Love him, love him, love him. Hoping the best for him. He is a late-round guy. Some people are going to pass on him. He might end up at the bottom of this, uh, bottom of the draft for you. So you could just squeak away with him after you already picked up four wide receivers. Taylor Gabriel, it depends on what he does. I mean, th- this is kind of like a, a show-me-something type of team because I want to see how Allen responds. I want to see how Taylor Gabriel is on a different team since he was quiet in Atlanta. So if I had to draft anybody today in the moment, it would be Allen Robinson. I'd draft Anthony Miller late. But, again, 
it's it looks great on paper. It's exciting for the team, but it still has to come through. There's a lot of newness on Chicago. Trey Burton, you brought him up. He's their tight end. Coming from the touchdown pass, he threw to Nick. Don't forget about me, Foles. Adam Shaheen is behind him, drafted in the second round out of Ashland, which sounds like a show on AMC. And Deion Sims has come in from the Miami Dolphins, came there last year and, and went on to Chicago. So I think this is the Trey Burton show, but something tells me Chicago's going to use a couple of these guys. Yeah, they're going to use a couple of them. Deion Sims does have some experience. Adam Shaheen started to come on late in the season last year for Chicago. Here's the bottom line. Trey Burton's the guy. You saw him in the Super Bowl with that with that play that he had in the Super Bowl. He, he was a quarterback. He was a quarterback in high school. He was a quarterback when he went to the University of Florida. I had the opportunity to see Trey Burton up live in person. I had the opportunity to see him score six touchdowns in one game for the Florida Gators. And any time you have a guy that can score six touchdowns against that level of competition in one game, He's a pro athlete. He gets it. It took him a little time on a learning curve to get through the the, the, the speed and, and the plays and so forth. But when he did have his time to shine, he took advantage of it. You see what happened to him. So I look for him to line up in different areas. I look for him to line up in the slot. I look for him maybe even in some wildcat. I look for him to be a guy that they turn to. At all times. He's like the Dallas Clark of tight ends, if you would. He's not the biggest guy. He's not the strongest guy. He's not the fastest guy. But he seems to get it done. He's got a nose for the ball. He knows how to make people miss. And he knows the game of football. Very intelligent guy in Trey Burton. Trey Burton could be a bottom end tight end one for you. I look for him to be more so of a tight end two with tremendous tight end one upside. You're amped up, Mike, about this. I mean, I I think it's fair to say that you like your Gators, but you're you're loving you're, you're loving Trey Burton, and I love the energy that's coming off of this. You think he might be a little steel in this thing? Yeah, but I think that uh, with as much steam as he's come off within the Super Bowl and the big contract he just landed, there is a chance he'll get overdrafted. So you know, if he goes to somebody else, don't worry about it. As long as you get a top five tight end, you're above half the league. Yeah, you know, so we're in a situation right now where I think Trey Burton's a draftable guy because he can be used in different situations. He was a free agent out of Philadelphia, so I can't believe they let him go, but they let him go. So I like it. Trey Burton, he's not my number one guy. He'd be my backup guy, kind of my let's see what happens guy, but I'm excited about it. Chicago, a lot of weapons, a lot of weapons. Great guy to get as your tight end. Wide receivers, depth. Running back, depth. Mitch Trubisky, like the kid. So Chicago has tremendous upside this season if all happens accordingly. But if I had to draft today, in the moment, Jordan Howard would be the first Chicago Bear I'd take, and Mitch Trubisky would be my backup quarterback somewhere. And Tariq Cohen, we would have to wait and see. It depends on where I'm at and what I got, because he spurned me last year and it upset me, but you have to leave the past in the past, and you have to believe that there's more to Tariq Cohen than what we saw with our eyes last year. Finally, the 32nd of 32 teams that we have done in this in this discussion in the Fantasy Football Power Hour brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub in the Penn and Trophy Center here in Central and Upstate New York with Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com and myself, Dan Tatora of WakeUpCallDT.com. We are have gotten to this moment. Johnny, our resident Central New York Detroit Lions fan, is absolutely ecstatic. He's been sending me random Messages that look like Tourette's of a Lions fan. He wrote me, let's see what he wrote. This is this is the Lions fan Tourette's. Lions will win NFC North. 
Stafford top five quarterback, Kenny Galladay with nothing else, Sleeper with exclamation points, and Carrion Johnson will steal the show. So, we have a lot to talk about with this team. I love that Johnny's amped and excited, and let's give a shout out to Johnny because he's getting married very soon. Matt Stafford, Matt Castle behind him, and Jake Rudick behind that. What do you think about Matty Stafford, and where does he land with the elite of the NFL quarterbacks, Mr. Sofka? Well, you know, Matt Stafford's always been an elite quarterback, even when he was in college at the University of Georgia. This is a guy playing against SEC. That's the NFL junior. They say the NFL doesn't have a minor league. Yeah, they do. It's called the SEC. And if you remember him playing in the SEC, he's doing what he did then, and he's doing it now. He leads the team, although he's not the the glitziest, the shiniest, the prettiest, newest toy out there. He seems to get it done. I look for him to be a bottom-end quarterback, one solid R- uh, QB2 for you. I think that he has the element of surprise in his pocket with them bringing in on Johnson and LeGarrette Blunt, still having Theo Reddick in the fold. Golden Tate, even though I don't think he's a true number one, he's, he's solid. Marvin Jones is excellent. Kenny Galladay can light it up. Their weakness and the problem seems to come up at tight end. I'm not sure what's going to happen there, and that's usually the quarterback's best friend. But look for him to continue to lead the team. He makes a lot of money, and rightfully so. He's a good quarterback to have. You know, you're not going to have a a losing team necessarily if you have Matt Stafford, but he's not an elite quarterback by any means. Again, bottom-end quarterback one, top-end quarterback two. Yeah, you know, Matt Stafford, I've had him on my team before. I've... Had my moments with Matty Stafford, but is not as consistent as I need a fantasy quarterback to be. And it's dealt with the inconsistencies of what's been happening in Detroit. They have Matt Patricia now, and they have a whole new coaching staff with some Syracuse former coaches that are on that staff, including their defensive coordinator, Paul Pascaloni, one of my favorite coaches, if not my favorite coach, of Syracuse football history. And that's not to take away from Coach Schwartzwalder. It's the fact that I grew up seeing Paul Pascaloni coach my entire childhood, and I respect the hell out of the guy, and I finally got a chance to talk to him a few years back. So, Matt Stafford on this team. Hopefully the defense will be helped by having Matt Patricia and Paul Pascaloni, which can help out Matt Stafford. I'd like to see his numbers get a little bit better. He's not my starting quarterback. He's my backup. Not a bad backup to have. When he goes off, he goes off, but I'd like to see some more consistency from Matt Stafford, and i like to see him put up some numbers that, at the end of the season, it looks good, but during the season week to week for a fantasy owner, you got to hope that it's happening more often than not. In the backfield, which I said they needed to do something about, the first guy that they signed was Zach Zenner. It happened when I was in Detroit covering the NCAA tournament. Undrafted free agent 2015 out of South Dakota State was the first guy signed in the offseason, Zach Zenner. Amir Abdullah is still on the team, and I would imagine that after being drafted in 2015, he had 15, 16, 16, 17, and 17, 18, that if he doesn't get it done this year, he's probably not going to be a lion. So my hopes to Amir Abdullah to get it done, stay healthy, and and make it happen. Theo Riddick is on the team. Carrion Johnson was drafted in the second round, 43rd overall out of Auburn. And LeGarrette Blunt is on the team after winning a Super Bowl with not one team, but two, the Patriots two years ago in Philadelphia over the Patriots last season. So... I would imagine that that LeGarrett Blunt's going to get some third down carries, some short yardage carries, and some goal line carries. And I would imagine that Carrion Johnson was brought onto the team because Amir Abdullah wasn't panning out. What do you think about this, Mike? Yeah, Amir Abdullah wasn't panning out. He wasn't getting the job done. 
uh, you know, great career at Nebraska. Looked like he had some some potential here, but I think they put too much on him too early. So what they do, they split it up more. Theoretic was a guy. Theoretic looks like a big back, but he can catch the ball out of the backfield. What do they do to beef things up? They bring in LeGarrette Blunt. LeGarrette Blunt's a touchdown machine. LeGarrette Blunt gets you those hard yards. LeGarrette Blunt is a guy you can ride on when you're in a two-minute drill or if you're trying to wind the game down and you need that guy who can pound the rock, pound the rock, pound the rock repeatedly, that's that guy. But the guy I'm most excited about is on Johnson. If you watch SEC football and you see this guy for Auburn running up against only the toughest defenses week in, week out, catching the ball out of the backfield, being able to run between the tackles, this is a guy who's not high on the radar because he's not flashy. Well, you know what? That's good. And that's good in the position he's in as a running back. I'll take that any day of the week. If I'm in a dynasty league, I have no problems taking carry on Johnson. He's a guy to look for. He's the bright future in that backfield for Detroit. Carry on Johnson is worthy of being your your running back two on your team this year. I would temper the expectation. He's still a rookie, so you got to give some room for error there. He's not an elite running back by any chance, but in three to five years, he has every indication and every marker that shows he could be an elite running back. So look for them to lean on on carry on Johnson, but they have tremendous talent elsewhere for the level of talent they have for the level of where those guys are at you know it may get murked up a little bit in a committee situation especially if somebody gets hurt yeah i would imagine that you know we're we're not going to see amir abdullah really get any touches in the backfield here at Garrett blunt like i said he's going to get something he's a guy to pick up later on you know, 14th round, something like that. Pick him up after that that midpoint. Carry on Johnson, I'd take a flyer on him. I'd pick him up. I told Johnny, our resident Detroit Lion fan, I said, Johnny, listen, they got to get somebody in this draft. They're going to have to draft a running back. They got to make it happen. Theo Riddick, he plays injured, which I commend him for going out there even when he's not feeling the best because he makes it happen. He catches the ball out of the backfield. But eventually playing injured takes him off the field. So I'd like to see a fully healthy year from him all the way through and see what that can be and what that can look like. I think he'll always be relevant, but fantasy relevance, I don't think that'll be consistent. LeGarrette Blunt, I don't see that as being consistent. I think if you're looking for a workhorse back that you're going to pick up from Detroit, it's on Johnson. Put him on your roster. If you want to handcuff him with Blunt, I understand that. But just make sure that you know that, like Mike said, this could get a little bit murky because there's so many guys. Dwayne Washington was drafted in 2016. That didn't really pan out. Zach Zenner hasn't panned out. Amir hasn't panned out. Theo Riddick is not the every down handed off to him back. And LeGarrette Blunt is here to help this team out. And he's a guy who's gotten better with time. And Carrion Johnson was drafted. So I would think it's Blunt, Johnson, and Riddick. And probably more Johnson and Blunt, and then Riddick out of the backfield, maybe a checkdown guy. So if you're looking for points, I'd lean on Carrion. And then if you're looking for a little bit more help, LeGarrette Blunt, Theo Riddick, we'll see. He's a good player for the Lions. He's one of the things that they've been able to lean on in the backfield, which they've had little to nothing in the past few years. But the consistency in fantasy is what we're talking about. Wide receiver Marvin Jones, who stepped his game way the hell up after leaving Cincinnati. Golden Tate making it happen after leaving Seattle. Golden Tate's a guy that I considered undraftable. 
And because and it was because of his inconsistency, and when he was supposed to be the guy, he wasn't the guy. Well, he impressed me last year. Marvin Jones impressed me impressed me last year, and I drafted him. Kenny Galladay is coming off an injury, and they're hoping that he'll be okay because he hasn't played a full season. And then after that, you have Bradley Marquez, Jace Billingsley, Dantes Ford, shout out to him, was supposed to come supposed to stay in Syracuse, ended up going to Pittsburgh, and I covered him throughout his recruitment. Very happy for Dantes Ford. Hopefully he'll make the team. But the the real story is Marvin Jones, Golden Tate, Kenny Galladay. What do you think about them? I like I like these three guys. I like all three of those guys. The problem is, is they're all out of position. What I mean by that is Golden Tate's an excellent receiver. He's good at the University of Notre Dame. This is a guy who can get on a field. He can catch the ball. He can stretch the field a little bit. He can he can he can mix up with some of the average corners in the league. The problem is a lot of teams don't have average corners as their number one corner. So I think he's out of place as the number one. Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, the same thing. They have to prove themselves. Jones out of out of California, Kenny Galladay out of out of Illinois, not the University of Illinois, Northern Illinois, where he went, I believe. And these are guys that showed up on a map in a big way last year. These are guys on their way up, whereas Golden Tate, I think, is leveled off some. The moment he had to step up into a number one role, I think that made him take a step back. And I think Marvin Jones showed more value as a wide receiver, too, than Golden Tate had a, as a wide receiver one. So I think this is murked up a bit for these wide receivers. And what I mean by that is you got to really temper your expectations. While they have an excellent running back who's new on the scene and carry on Johnson, they have an excellent quarterback. You know, there's still some questions as far as how they're going to perform. So I think Golden Tate could be a wide receiver two for you, almost a wide receiver three, so a bottom end wide receiver two. Marvin Jones, I think, is a mid-range wide receiver two because I think the level of cornerback and protection he's going to face is lesser than what Golden Tate is going to face. So he... Uh, ironically may have a better year as the number two and Kenny Galladay if he can do some of what he did last year and continue to build on that being able to get open in the red zone being able to be the big play guy when he needed a big play desperately he's going to continue to grow and flourish as a wide receiver in the NFL I think him and Matt Stafford seem to have a connection and like you had pointed out before Dan sometimes each quarterback has their guy he might be Matt Stafford's guy yeah, it's going to be awesome. I, I mean, for me, I, I think that there's a, awesome in the sense of there's life. There's life for Detroit fans. There's life for people like Johnny here with this Detroit Lions team. You got new blood in the front office. You got new blood with, you know, relative new blood in the front office, new blood on the sideline, and you have the hopes that some of these young guys are going to make it happen. I like the thought of on Johnson and Kenny Galladay, you know, being the young cats that helped go into a new era of the Detroit Lions who, you know, I, I feel are trying to move forward after reeling of the fact that Calvin Johnson retired so prematurely. So I like Marvin Jones. He is definitely a draftable guy. He could be a number one or a two on your team. He helped my butt out many times. He was supposed to be the number two to A.J. Green in Cincinnati, never worked, and he has definitely done some good things here. Golden Tate. He has impressed me. I don't think he's undraftable anymore, but I think that he's later. And Kenny Galladay, this is this is somebody drafted in the third round, 2017, Northern Illinois. This is a guy that if you draft him and you put him on your team and you see him healthy go through these first few weeks and what he can do and what he can bring forward, 
this may be one of those steal moments. Now, I thought that there was life with him last year, but he didn't stay healthy. So if he can stay healthy and do some good things, I'm excited about that. And I think there's something to be said about Kenny Galladay. So I think that all three of these guys are draftable. Marvin Jones would be my first. Galladay would be my next. And then Tate. Luke William, free agent from Seattle out of Rice. Michael Roberts, who they drafted in the fourth round last year out of Toledo. Levine Tololo, free agent out of Atlanta. And Hakeem Vales from Arizona out of Monmouth. What do you think about the tight end position they finally let go of Eric Ebron who literally never made you happy if you are a fantasy owner very 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 rarely yeah this is a this is a weird situation and what I mean by that is Eric Ebron seems to be the guy that shows up and when he shows up he's in the right place at the right time and that's happened to him in Indianapolis and God bless him but you're right it didn't happen for him in Detroit he couldn't stay not injured. He, he, he wasn't getting it done when he did have the opportunities. Tremendous athlete, though. But you look on the Luke Wilson, and most people are like, who? Is that Owen Wilson's brother? Who is this guy? You know, and then, and then you look at Michael Roberts. You know, this is a guy out of Toledo who's got some speed. This is a guy who could end up being the tight end. Again, lining up more so in the, in the heavy pass situation, the five receivers lining up in the slot lining up in a bunch of formations, he could surprise some people in the red zone as well. So look for a Michael Roberts in the future. I'm not saying draft this guy. I'm not saying draft Luke Wilson. And not saying draft Toy Lolo. I mean, Toy Lolo sounds like a bad rapper or something. Toy Lolo. What kind of name? I'm not going to pick on the guy anymore. Look, you know, these guys have had their opportunities elsewhere. They haven't gotten it done yet. And let's look for Michael Roberts to be the future. But right now, there isn't a draftable tight end on the roster. I love it. I love it, Mike. You gave me little tears in my eyes. Little, little tears here with the with the Toy Lolo. It's like, hey, how... I mean, I could say, and you said like a bad rapper, how toy low, low can you go? Are you toy low? No, I'm toy low, low. So I, li- I like it. You're giving me that feel. It's good stuff. Johnny said drafting everyone. Well, that's good, Johnny, because guess what? Let me look up something here right now. Let me bring up, because I like to tell this to people, because we have somebody who drafts only Philadelphia Eagles for the most part. And so, Johnny, here we go. I'm going to let you know something really cool here. So let me get to... The Lions regular season schedule so that I can tell you what I tell everyone who drafts only the players that are on the team that they love. I cannot wait to play you in week six. I hope that when the schedule is randomly put together, we play each other in week six because that's the bye week for the Detroit Lions. So that'll be fun for me or for whoever plays up against you. But yeah, Luke Wilson, we'll see. Michael Roberts could be somebody. These guys, these are your backups. This is your late, 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 late. Maybe I draft them and see what happens type of thing. So defensive quarterback, def- a defensive coach sometimes can look to that tight end and have some respect to that. Johnny says he'll beat me again because Devontae Freeman got me by like two points at the end of the game. So we'll see what happens here. But I would go late if you're drafting a tight end from Detroit. But I, I like the receivers. The running back situation, if they could figure it out, and if it's Johnson and Blunt, I'm good with it, or Riddick's in there somewhere. And then Matty Stafford, not my starter. Not my starter. Not a bad backup, but I like to see more consistency with him in fantasy football. With that being said, this 
is our final divisional breakdown that we've done. So you can get all of these on wakeupcalldt.com by clicking on the iTunes podcast, the Podbean podcast, TuneIn Radio, the RSS feed. You can go directly to wakeupcalldt.podbean.com. You can go to the fantasy football page on wakeupcalldt.com. And of course, Mike has links as well with halloffamefantasyfootball.com. And you can check Mike out there and all the work that he does. So with all of that being said, we've set you up 32 teams division by division Every single team is talked about. You have no excuse to be prepared for your upcoming draft. And if you want into the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge, we're full in Florida, and we're full in three out of four leagues here in Syracuse. We have just a few spots left. If you would like to join us, send an email to fantasyfootballdt for dancetora at gmail.com. Mr. Sofka, as always, it's awesome. Great work. And thank you for all that you do. We've gotten through the 32 teams. We've achieved it. We're 32 for 32. And as we move forward now, it's all about preparation for the draft, my brother. I appreciate you being here. Thanks, Daniel, Dan, and I'll see you next time. All right, take care.